Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with Rich Hill coming at you back to back Wednesday and Thursday this week. That's something for you to be thankful for, I'm sure. Rich, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Oh, happy Turkey Day to you. I don't know if that bothers some people when you say Turkey Day instead of Thanksgiving, but happy Turkey Day (laughs) and Thanksgiving. So much to be thankful for. A great, great, great slate of games this week. Alec, I am so excited to break this down with you. How are you doing this week? Oh, man, I'm loving life. It's the best day of the year. You sleep late. You wake up. Football's on at 1230. The Lions and Cowboys, I love that they both play every Thanksgiving. I think it's a great tradition. And all we all have to do today, unless you're one of those poor schlubs that has to work, in which case I feel bad for you, but you eat, you watch the football, you take a nap. And you take a minute to be thankful. And if you don't like that, I don't know what to tell you. That's, that's those are my, my, my favorite things in the world, eating, sleeping, and football. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this Thanksgiving has a couple of really good games going on. I mean, Bears-Lions is going to be atrocious, no way around that. But uh, the afternoon game, the 4.30 game, you have the 8-3 and three Bills on the road against the 6-5 and five Dallas Cowboys. New England Patriots fans will certainly be paying attention here, uh, hoping that the Cowboys win because the sooner the Buffalo Bills lose, the quicker the Patriots can clinch the AFC East uh, and get one of those top four playoff spots. Uh, there is another way for the Patriots to clinch one of the playoff spots to uh, this week. But Alec, do you think that the Bills can continue their hot streak and beat the Cowboys? I don't know. I think this is a as close to a must-win game for Dallas as you can get. Coming off that loss in New England last week, they're at home. Jerry Jones was very vocally frustrated with his coaching and his team and the talent level they have compared to the re- record they have, the win-loss record. I, I think if Dallas doesn't win this one, they're in a lot of trouble and a lot of guys are going to lose their jobs. So I think I know Jason Garrett's coaching for his job on Thursday. It might already be too late for all I know, but I think if he loses to Buffalo, back-to-back AFC's losses uh, this Sunday and Thursday, they're done. So I said the Cowboys pulled this one out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is like a big primetime Thanksgiving game. It's what a lot of players talk about, like, is one of their dreams, you know, playing in that primetime on that big Thanksgiving stage. And uh, the Bills, I think that they have one of the best defenses in the league. They have definitely have one of the best defenses over the past couple of years under head coach Sean McDermott. I just don't believe in the offense yet. They have a long way to go. They are continuing to improve. I think John Brown was a great acquisition. I think Devin Singletary is going to be a good running back for them. But I don't think that they have all of the pieces there. 
and I expect the Dak Prescott-led Cowboys offense to score more than nine points against the Buffalo Bills, especially in the Dome, especially when it's nice out. I expect a solid rebound game for the Cowboys. And the fact that the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they've had such a lucky streak this year with regards to their schedule. You know, I mean, the Patriots have as well because they're playing most of the same teams, but the Bills haven't played many good teams at all, and they've lost all their three games to the good teams that they've faced. So I think the Cowboys pull this one off in one of the, the better games of Thanksgiving. Uh, Alec, another couple of games of note this week. One o'clock game on Sunday, 49ers 10-1 and on the road against the 9-2 and Baltimore Ravens. What's your take on that game? Yeah, I mean, what a game this is. I mean, the Niners and the Ravens both shellacked their respective opponents, the Packers and the Rams, both of whom were supposed to be two good teams in the NFC. Uh, I think if this game is in San Francisco, maybe I'm singing a different tune here. But the way Baltimore's playing, I just don't see them losing for the rest of the season. And until they slow down or their offense gets figured out or someone gets hurt or whatever the case may be, it's tough for me to go against Baltimore. I'm rooting for the 49ers, obviously, for Jimmy G, and also give the Patriots a little more cushion for the number one seed. It'd be great to see. But um, Baltimore just looks too good right now. This should be a really good game, and I'm amazed it's at 1 o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. This is something where I don't know what the, like the flex rules are that prevent it, but this is a game that I think uh, I think I might have made this prediction a couple weeks ago, but I mean it this time. This is going to be this year's <laughs> version of the Chiefs and Rams. Uh, this is two really just two powerhouse teams. There are three teams in the NFL right now that are great. This is a fun stat that I saw. Uh, there are three teams in the NFL that have a point differential average of 15 or more. So that means that every single game, they average uh, a 15-point win, You know, even though they lose some of them. But like on average, there are three teams that will win by 15 or more points. It's the 49ers and the Ravens and the Patriots. And since the merger the, between the AFL and the NFL in 1970, there have been, prior to this year, only 11 teams that accomplished that feat. Now, there's 49 years there, 49 years of teams, and only happened 11 times. Three of them, it's happened with three teams this year. So that shows how rare this is. Of those 11 teams, 10 of them made the Super Bowl. Wow. So this is a stat that, you know, it's indicating that this is one of the highest quality teams. You know, the one team that didn't make it is the 2005 Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts. So, ha-ha. <laughs> uh, but the other 10 teams all reached the Super Bowl. And so that clearly can't happen this year because you have both the Ravens and the Patriots and the AFC. But the odds that this 49ers versus Ravens game it could very well be a Super Bowl preview. If the the Patriots continue to struggle on offense, then this Ravens uh, 49ers game could really just show us what might might have in store down in February. Nope, it could very well. I uh, know. I think they're the the Tom Brady era is close to over, regardless of how well he plays going forward. He's just 42. He's not going to play much longer. And with Jimmy Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, there's a really good young crop of of quarterbacks. And I'll also throw uh, 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 Deshaun Watson in there. Even our boy Brissett. Why the hell not? There's a lot of young quarterbacks coming up, and watching these guys go against each other is just a joy, especially coming from a team who's had as much success as the Patriots had. really allows us to appreciate other teams and watching them and, and rooting for them as well. Uh, but I mentioned Lamar Jackson. I mentioned Deshaun Watson. Good enough segues. Any into the Patriots-Texans game <laughs> Sunday night. 
in Houston. Texans come off a pretty big win over Indianapolis. They need this game to stay atop the AFC South. Patriots offense has been struggling. They won a sloppy one against the Cowboys. They'll be in the dome in perfect conditions. I imagine Dorsett will be healthy by then. Not sure about Sanu, but they'll have some of their weapons back. Early thoughts on this game, Rich, and do you like the matchup? Yeah, I mean, this is a Texans team that has been wildly inconsistent throughout the year. And not saying that they're good or bad, but on any given Sunday, they can beat who they're playing, no matter who it is, and then they could also lose to them. Let's just run through this. They lost week one to the Saints by two points. They beat the Jaguars by one point. They beat the Chargers by seven. They lost to the Panthers by six. Uh, they've also beaten the Chiefs by seven, lost to the Colts by seven, beat the Raiders by three. And uh, this is just a team that can, you know, w- wake up one day and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the other day, I mean, just lose to the Carolina Panthers. So you don't know what you're getting with this team. They are absolutely, though, missing J.J. Watt on defense. And I think this is as good a place to start as any is uh, where the Patriots have been having some trouble is on offense. And so you have this matchup against this Houston Texans defense, Alec. And when you look up and down this Texans roster, how are you evaluating it if you're going to put on your Josh McDaniels hat? And how are you going to strategize an approach for Tom Brady and the offense to succeed? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'm looking at is what the Patriots did last week against the Dallas Cowboys. They built on the running game. Nobody had an amazing game, but they ran the ball well. The return of Isaiah Wynn definitely solidified the offensive line a little bit, and they're able to close out the game and get some grind-out yards with Sony Michelle and fullback extraordinaire Alandon Roberts. And I'm looking at the Dallas front line, not their linebackers who are pretty talented, but their front defensive ends, their defensive tackles, not a ton of talent in that particular part of, of, of the defense. Uh, I do like some players. I like DJ reader a lot, but I don't have a a lot of faith without JJ Watt to have a dominant defensive line for the Houston Texans. So I want to run the ball a lot with Michelle. Maybe this is the James white game. We talked about on yesterday's podcast about James white. hasn't quite been the factor that he's been in weeks past. Maybe this is the game where James white becomes a screen machine. I don't know, but I want to really, establish the run i want to see what isaiah win can do as a run blocker i want to control the ball because i think the real big strength is the patriots offense versus texas defense i think that's where the patriots have the biggest advantage so the longer drive they can sustain and the more they can run the ball well set up the play action to get Nikhil harry open deep maybe maybe Brady takes a shot and Nikhil harry deep down the down the seam or down the sideline this this week uh, i want to see the run game really get going because as we know last season rich the Pats became a running team around this time in 2018, and they, they ran Sonny Michelle all the way to a Lombardi Trophy. So maybe they start doing that again this year, get the running game going, everything else falls into place from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that'd be a really good strategy because the the Texans rank 24th. So they're a bottom 10 team in the league, 24th in yards allowed to opposing running backs, uh, opposing yards per carry. So they are allowing other teams to run the ball on them. Another couple of stats I want to throw out there. The Texans rank 31st. Um, third down conversion so they are the second worst team in the league uh and on third down they rank dead last 32nd in red zone percentage so the patriots have struggled at finishing drives as of late this could be the elixir that fixes that new england offense but i agree with you i i would say that looking at this texans defense i would say there are three players that really draw my attention or i guess i should say four there's zach cunningham bernardrick mckinney those are the two linebackers that catch my attention you have whitney merciless who is an every-down pass rusher on the edge. And then you have DJ Reader, who I think is one of the best nose tackles in the league. And outside of those four, 
uh, I would just try to avoid them. So wherever Whitney Merciless lines up, I would run Sony Michelle the opposite direction. Try to use your, uh, you know, rebounding offensive line, the return of Isaiah Wynn, but also the continued regrowth of Shaq Mason, Joe Tooney, uh, to allow Sony Michelle to get that opportunity to climb to the second level, um, but just kind of just grind away on this Texans team because, uh, that is how I think approaching them makes some sense. Um, but then also, so long as this Houston Texans secondary is really banged up, and they absolutely are, maybe there is going to be opportunities for the Patriots wide receivers to eat a little bit on the outside, uh, you know, maybe even coming out of the slot. So I could see this also being a good game for Julian Edelman, but also for uh, Mohamed Sanu potentially. But I would want to throw out my X Factor, Jacoby Myers, who, uh, Hmm. Plays a lot of times out of the slot for the Patriots. He emerged last week against the Cowboys as Tom Brady's number two target. And uh, he's going to have to continue to step up. You know, Philip Dorsett still going through. Uh, we'll see if he'll be available. I think it's trending like he will be, but that could be a later decision. And then you also have, uh, you know, Sanu dealing with his ankle injury. And so with Jacoby Myers, has he and will he continue to develop his rapport with Tom Brady? This will be a good opportunity for him to do it on the big stage on Sunday Night Football. And so if Myers can put together his second straight solid game, I would think that the Patriots will be in good position to win. Uh, that'd be huge. You know, it'd be good to have just even if Myers becomes a, a factor that you can rely on, should there be more injuries on the receiving core, knowing he's in there, you can step it up. That'd be such a, a nice safety blanket to have for the Patriots. Uh, ironically, I've been talking about Sony Michelle and James White and how they're getting them going is important. Uh, I'm going to use Rex Burkhead my offensive X factor, because I think Rex Burkhead's probably the best all around back the Patriots have in terms of running ability and pass catching ability. And if Rex Burkhead, I think he's like the guy, a good guy to either bring in tight for a running play, motion him out to exploit the linebackers. And maybe if they have that, that cool formation that I love with either Rex Burkhead or Sony Michelle and Brandon Bolden in the backfield, motioning Rex Burkhead out wide, taking a linebacker with him will open up for Bolden on the seam. So I think Rex Burkhead can have a big day because of the versatility. Oh, I like that. I mean, there's some running back that's going to have to emerge as a receiver. As we broke down in the last one, there's some questions as to, like, what's the Patriots' strategy with James White? Why is he not as involved in the Patriots' offense as he was last year? And, yeah, having Rex Burkhead on the field allows the Patriots to have greater versatility because opposing teams don't know how to match up against him. And I will say, Alec, one of my favorite plays last week against the Dallas Cowboys was that like end around jet sweep to Brandon Bolden because you never yeah. see an end around to a running back. You just don't see it happen. And when I saw it, I kind of laughed because I was like, Oh, which receiver up? Oh, nope. Nope. That's Brandon Bolden. I was like, if you can <laughs> get a running back, the opportunity to do an end around, I feel like that's a smart move every single time because they know how to navigate the open field that way. So very, very excited to see that drawn up. Uh, Alec, do you have any thoughts on uh, the Patriots offense with uh, any other matchups, or do you think we should look at the Patriots' amazing defense as they take on this Texans offense? Yeah, let's look at the defense. The defense is what's been moving the chains for the Patriots all season. There's no reason to spend more time on the offense, but I will say I think they are in perfect place on primetime in a dome with mostly healthy players to really turn the corner offensively. Hope that happens. But it is the defense of the Patriots versus the offense of the Texans where the match really gets exciting. Uh, I love me some DeAndre Hopkins. He's one of my favorite receivers, maybe ever. I just love watching him play. He's so dynamic. He's so smart. He runs such good routes. And he'll proudly be matched up, unless you think I'm wrong here, Rich, and you want to do something differently. But I'd love 
the, the thought of him being matched up against Stefan Gilmore. That is as close to a heavyweight fight as you're going to get in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Hopkins, I think, is uh, if he had he's the modern Larry Fitzgerald, not that Fitzgerald isn't around anymore, but he had to play with the worst array of quarterbacks for the longest time. Uh, You know, Fitzgerald did have it worse, but Hopkins has continued to find a way to produce. He has a great rapport with Sean Watson. He has just a preposterous catch radius. He can do it in traffic. He can do it down the field. He can do yards after the catch. Whatever they need him to do, he is able to do that. And he is their number one receiver. And if I'm the Patriots, I will absolutely put Stephon Gilmore matched up against DeAndre Hopkins and allow them to do their thing because Gilmore has had success against Hopkins in the past. You know, he's limited him to, I believe, like an average of 40 yards per game over the last two games, which is, you know, Gilmore shut out Amari Cooper last week. It would be a tall task to do that to Hopkins, to do that back-to-back against two premier wide receivers, but Gilmore is playing cornerback at a level that we haven't seen under Bill Belichick, uh, and I don't think that I'm out of order to say that, that Gilmore is playing the best cornerback we've seen of the Belichick era, and I, I would absolutely not consider it a waste to put him against DeAndre Hopkins because uh, this is a very talented Houston Texans offense where there isn't a player that you can kind of hide against, you know, where you can feel like you can, uh, there's not, not like a single focal point, I should say, where there's some other teams that you face, like the New York Jets, where there's like Le'Veon Bell. And if you stop Le'Veon Bell, you've stopped their entire offense. Here, it's pretty well balanced. They, I mean, Hopkins is their great wide receiver, of course, but they have two other receivers that are also producing well with Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. So there are two other very, very fast players out there that I would probably put Jonathan Jones on against one of them and J.C. Jackson against the other with Deron Harmon playing deep to help out, uh, making sure that there aren't any big plays that take place over the top. But those are two players that are averaging a lot of yards per game. And that's not it. They, I mean, they have two other tight ends. They have Jordan Aikens and Darren Fells that are producing at the tight end spot, averaging 26 yards per game apiece. So Bill O'Brien likes to use multiple tight end sets. So Patrick Chung, possibly Terrence Brooks, will have their opportunities to match up against these tight ends. And so there's not a place where you can say putting Gilmore on player X will stop their entire offense. So that's worth doing. So you might as well match up talent on talent. So I would say Gilmore on Hopkins. You put Jonathan Jones and J.C. Jackson on Kenny Stills and Will Fuller, and then you allow the Patriots' defensive front to do their job and make sure that Carlos Hyde doesn't develop any sort of momentum out of the backfield. I love that you brought up Carlos Hyde, because that's my next question for you. I think one area, if the Patriots' defense does have a weakness, it's that they're susceptible to the big play sometimes, which I think every defense is to a degree. And I feel like teams can run the ball well against the Patriots, particularly bigger running backs who can get outside to the runs and the off tackle runs carlos hyde is six feet tall he's about 230 pounds he's a big dude and they also running threat in deshaun watson as a mobile quarterback so if you are the patriots and you have that secondary matchup like you just broke down which i totally agree with how are you focusing on keeping carlos hyde contained and making sure while simultaneously making sure deshaun watson can't break one out on the bootleg and, and pick the yards on his legs yeah, no, that, I mean, that's very, very important. And I want to throw in Duke Johnson as well, who isn't utilized as much as Carlos Hyde as a runner out of the backfield, but he's also very, very capable of doing it. And so, I mean, you look at this Texans offense, they rank third in the league in yards per carry. So they are able to produce, they have been doing it all year. And so 
Part of it is making sure that you don't sell out the uh, pass rush to get Deshaun Watson. Everyone has to be very, very responsible with their gap integrity, making sure that Watson doesn't have the opportunity to escape, and making sure that the Texans' offensive line isn't able to open up any of these big rushing lanes up the gut. And, uh, I mean, the Texans have been able to do it. They're very, very solid at it. That's why they have their multiple tight end sets. They're able to, uh, you know, throw these matchups against the Patriots where the Patriots are going to have to be heavy up front uh, in order to stop those two tight ends. But as a result, if they're heavy, then they're going to throw to the tight ends. So as a result, my X factor, I'm going to choose two. I don't know if this is cheating or not, but it's going to be Patrick Chung and Terrence Brooks. Those are the two that are going to be the linchpins of the Patriots defense. Patrick Chung, I know he's been dealing with a hit, uh, heel injury over the entire season. He's coming off of, uh, of a pretty solid game. But this is uh, a Patriots defense that needs Patrick Chung to stop Darren Fells, stop Jordan Aikens, uh, both receivers, but also not allow the Texans to develop anything on the ground as runners. And so Patrick Chung in his safety position, in his linebacker position, in his coverage role, all of that needs to come together for him to have a good game, meaning that the defense will have a good game. Awesome. Uh, I think Patrick Chung, if I, if I had to go back and, and list Rich, Rich, Rich Hill's most commonly listed X-Factor, I'm going to say <laughs> Patrick Chung is probably the guy that gets it uh but i've got nothing to go on besides just my own personal instinct love patrick chung love the revival he's had uh in in the patriots system uh, i'm gonna go with jonathan jones as my x factor uh not only in coverage depending on the matchups he gets but in situations where maybe the, the receiver he's drawn to isn't on the field or he's not as much of a factor maybe they're doing a little more zone man mix uh, i think he's a good cornerback to kind of spy lamar jackson i don't know if you want to dedicate a spy completely to lamar jackson he's not that mobile in the phones like he's like a michael vick guy or Lamar Jackson, um, but Deshaun Watson is a threat out of the backfield, and you have to keep an eye on him at all times. I don't want to take, put Jamie Collins on him. I think Collins isn't quite as athletic as as, as uh, Watson is, as good as Collins is. But I think Jones can pull double duty. Uh, if he's not strictly in coverage, he can kind of keep an eye on Jackson, make him think twice a bit about running out and, and extending plays with his legs. Maybe get a couple of cornerback blitzes in there to, to disrupt things. So hopefully Jonathan Jones is a big day. Oh, I like that. I mean, he's going to have to be very, very important out there with both Fuller. I mean, for all the reasons that you mentioned with Fuller and Stills and making sure that the that Deshaun Watson doesn't escape. I love that. Uh, I agree. The Patriots secondary is going to have to have uh, a very big showing uh, in order for the, the Patriots to beat this Houston Texans offense. And they also need to like continue their streak of forcing turnovers. I, I think I, I can't state this enough um, that the... The Patriots have forced a turnover every single game this year. Uh, do you think that they'll be able to continue that against the Texans? Probably. I mean, you know, as much as we like to be kind of in the moment, the Patriots have turned one over every single game, so there's no reason to think otherwise. And there's also no reason to think that Jake Bailey will not pin the Texans back deep uh, in, in their own territory, which is why usually our new segment is how do the defensive team score this week? Uh, I'm going with a safety. They're getting a safety Ooh. this week, Rich. I think the Jake Bailey, Matthew Slater combo pins the Texans back at the one or a half yard line or a coffin corner punt. They go for some kind of stretch run to get out of the backfield. Danny Shelton penetrates. Dante Hightower breaks, breaks through, loss in the backfield for the safety. That's how the defense scores this week. Oh, I love that. I love that very, very much. Uh, I, I am jealous that you thought of that because that is brilliant. I'm going to go uh, with a standard defensive turnover. Uh, I think that Deshaun Watson, uh, 
he doesn't always protect the football. He has eight fumbles on the season, seven interceptions. So there will be at least one opportunity for the Patriots defenders to pick up the ball somehow, whether through the air or on the ground. In my head, I think that we're going to see a J.C. Jackson pick six. Uh, hmm. There's going to be a deepish ball with Watson on his back against the end zone, against the goal line. Maybe that's an area that you're painting that could lead to a safety. But instead of a safety, Watson just lets it rip. Jackson comes down with it, and he weaves his way about 50 yards for a touchdown. And that's how I think that the Patriots' defense is going to score this week. I will take that because it seems that J.C. Jackson is better known for drawing P.I. calls he doesn't deserve as opposed to pick sixes. Maybe they'll turn the, <laughs> turn the things around. All right, Rich, let's get to predictions. It is the Houston Texans hosting the Patriots. Last week, let's see, we both had a much higher scoring game than it was. I had the Patriots winning 24-14. to 14. You had them winning 28-18. to 18. Uh, technically, I won since I had a lower scoring game, but it's Thanksgiving. I'm giving an early Christmas present and give you the win for absolutely no reason, this one, and let you pick first. Pat <laughs> oh, Texans, who you got? Oh, well, I'm thankful for that, Alec. I'm very thankful. <laughs> I mean, the Patriots are going to be the favorite. I have them winning until they don't win. Uh, I, I would say that the Patriots are going to win this game. I, I know I said, what, 28-18 to 18 last week. I see no reason not to deviate too greatly from it. I do think that Isaiah wins second game back. The potential return slash development of the other wide receivers in the Patriots' offense will give that offense a boost. And I don't expect the Patriots to be held below 20 points, uh, but I also expect that the Patriots' defense to come out, do their job against a Texans' offense, who, you know, as we said, they they are inconsistent. They've put 53 up against the Falcons while they were at home. They also put up 10 and 13 against the Panthers and Jaguars at home. So I'm going to say that the Patriots are going to do their good job again. They won't keep the Texans out of the end zone, but I expect the Patriots to win this one 24 to 13. 24, 13 Patriots for Rich Hill. All right. Awesome. The last couple times the Patriots have played the Texans, the Texans have come so close to beating them. It's always a one-score game, and a couple times ago they needed a Brandon Cooks last-minute touchdown, and the Texans they but they can never quite put it together, and I feel like that's just going to be their mo. Uh, they've only beaten the Patriots once in the history of their franchise, and it was 2009 when the Patriots had already locked up the three seed and they were wrestling everybody and Welker blew his ACL out. Not really going to count that. I don't think the Texans beat the Patriots this time either. I think the Patriots need this game more than you let on especially with the Ravens breathing right down their neck. I think there will be three touchdowns, a field goal, and a safety, like I said, which is 26 points for the Patriots. And I will go 17 for the Texans on a field goal. 26-17 uh, Patriots for this one. Ooh, amazing. Well, that sounds like an exciting game. Uh, Alec, I don't have any other thoughts, so I'm going to go celebrate Thanksgiving with everyone else. Um, Alec, happy Thanksgiving to you. I'm thankful for you. I am thankful for you being my podcast buddy. And uh, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later, man.